Welcome to the Lancet Respiratory Medicine Podcast. I'm Aaron Van Dorn, speaking to you from the Lancet's New York office. When questions remain after an assessment of novel therapeutics in Phase three trials, licensing can be deferred while clarification is sought. Post-authorization safety studies and post-authorization efficacy studies have been introduced to help deliver new medicines to patients sooner. Today I discuss this area with Dr. Diana Bilton, adjunct professor at Imperial College London and honorary consultant at the Royal Brompton Hospital London in the Adult Cystic Fibrosis Unit. Can you give us some background about the UK Cystic Fibrosis Registry and why it is such a useful source of data? The UK Cystic Fibrosis Trust is the only UK charity focusing solely on cystic fibrosis. And it was around 2007 that it took on sponsoring the National UK Cystic Fibrosis Registry, which now contains data on over 10,000 patients with cystic fibrosis. And that represents over 99% of the UK CF population, so it's pretty comprehensive. And all those patients give their consent, or when appropriate, their parents to give consent, for data to be collected and stored into the UK CF registry. So there are multiple disease domains. We hold demographics, the mode of diagnosis, and important outcome data, including nutritional status, pulmonary function, respiratory infections, and also then treatments and therapies. And all that data is summarized in a annual report produced by the UKCF Trust. And importantly now, it's used as part of the UK National Health Service commissioning process so that patients can be monitored and care delivered appropriately. Why are long-term post-authorization drug studies important? The place of post-authorization drug studies became recognized, particularly with rare diseases, when at the end of clinical trials process, a company is approaching the regulators for a license or authorization for marketing. And the regulators have a job to decide whether the license can be granted or whether there is a requirement for more data to just weigh up the balance of safety and efficacy. And in particular, in rare diseases like cystic fibrosis, where the very good clinical trials are still limited by fewer numbers than, say, for example, in widespread diseases like COPD. So there is a need for more data for the regulators to be sure of the safety long-term of a drug being licensed. Moreover, in cystic fibrosis, the drugs being licensed are likely to be used in pediatrics, and then throughout a patient's lifetime, potentially. So the regulators really want to be sure that they've got a way of monitoring the drug when it's out in the real world. The other point about real-world use is that in clinical trials, patients with either very mild disease or very severe disease are often excluded appropriately, but then once the drug is licensed, such patients may well be prescribed the drug, and it's important to them to get the balance of safety and efficacy in the broader range of patients. And the post-authorization studies facilitate 
that data being collected. What is the pharmacovigilance program that you developed and why is partnering with industry needed? The important thing I want to emphasize is that the pharmacovigilance program with the registry was really developed on the back of the initiative started by the European Medicines Agency. So the regulators recognized the need for good studies after they've given a marketing authorization and they produced this initiative for patient registries with the main objective of helping us people that were running registries to be able to work with the regulators and industry to produce high quality studies. So actually it was in 2012 that three companies approached those of us working with the CF Trust on the UK registry to see if we could work with them to put together the studies to use the registry to provide data for the European Medicines Agency. At the time, we consulted carefully. We spoke with the EMA, consulted with the centre directors of the UK CF Care Centres, talked to the patients and checked with our ethics committee on our consent process that everything was still in line and then began to work with the companies and the European Medicines Agency to ensure that the registry could provide the data for these studies. We saw it as a win-win and in fact on consultation realized that there were key incentives for working with the regulators and the industry that we had the opportunity to improve the monitoring and safety of the new medicines being licensed in cystic fibrosis. So we were very keenly involved. I think one of the key strengths uh, of us being involved as a disease registry was that in contrast to previous studies, we could ensure that we had data on the patients who got the new drugs but also compare outcomes in a group of patients who were not exposed to the new drug. So therefore, we could send the quality of the conclusions drawn, and that was a major driver for registry-based study in contrast to the old post-authorization studies that examined only the cohort exposed to a drug. What lessons have you learned in this project and would be beneficial to researchers working on other rare diseases looking to start up a similar program? One of our intentions in publishing our experience and being involved to produce a model of best practice, and we have learned important lessons. I think the first one was that it was very important to have a lead investigator on the project who had expertise in the particular rare disease, in our case cystic fibrosis, but also was involved in the registry, so understood the potential and the limitations of registry data. We also have learned that it's very important to have the statisticians involved in the registry and independent from the pharma companies. And another key lesson was to make sure we had robust service agreements between the CF Trust and the pharma companies. Again, linked into their contract with the European Medicines Agency to be sure that we all delivered appropriately and to maintain the integrity of the registry.
I think the other important lesson was the benefits that then came back to the registry. And because of our engagement in this program, we've been able to enhance the registry and improve the data for everyone's research, not just pharmacovigilance. And we've also, as a result of our engagement in the program, been able to fund support grants to the CF centers to ensure the data is fully collected. Is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners about your study? I think one last thing I'd like to say is that this has all been driven by the European Medicines Agency initiative, and they have been enormously supportive of the work and the fact that we have submitted reports annually and received their feedback has been enormously helpful. So it's been an education for all the parties and we found it a supportive process and the benefits for the patients are there as well because they can know that the drugs that are coming out, exciting new drugs for CS, are being appropriately monitored. And I would therefore recommend the process for the other rare diseases that are setting up registries. Dr. Bilton, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Okay, thanks.